0: Clock at five. Pass is intercepted at the goal line by Malcolm Butler. Unreal. Rainbows high and deep into the end zone. First. Says a prayer. A oh, stop it! Oh, please! <laughs> what a catch! That's insane! That's insane. That's insane! The game's final play is a Wilson lock to the end zone, which is... Have a single interception up there too. against Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson New will be England. interceptionless against the Rhode United Island right? Patriots this Sunday night. <laughs> All right, ghouls and boys.
1: I like that. This Thanks. is not what I expected to say coming into this game. I actually was picking against Adam, against the Tennessee Titans and the Panthers. I thought the Panthers going to win. I think they still may, but with this story about Ryan Tannehill, and it, it makes me really want to root for the guy. Like I said, I think Ryan Tannehill is going to throw four touchdown passes against this Carolina Panthers defense. The reason I say that is because while the Panthers did get semi-exposed against the running game, I think that's more athletic backs. That's not a Derek Henry back. I think Luke Kuechly is going to be a pretty good job of tracking a bigger Derek Henry running back. So if they are going to win, I think it's going to be on the arm of Ryan Tannehill. And I think he gets it done for his father-in-law that passed away. He's going to throw four touchdowns in memory of him. Ryan Tannehill. Tannehill.
0: Tannehill. (laughs) Yep. So missed out on that one. It's okay, man. We all have, have bungles like that, but, uh, he did run for a touchdown. Yeah, he threw one too, but yeah. didn't get didn't get quite as close to four, or really winning the game, which was upsetting. But they were kind of
1: close. They weren't. They kind of pulled their way into yeah, it. Yeah, they they, they point crawled point. back
0: in. I really thought they might get it done, but that busted anything that I, you know. So, uh, I got mine right, which yeah. was fun. There you go. I, um, I applaud you for not doing the as. Bold things. Yeah, right? <laughs> He's going to throw an interception, but it's going to be a 45-yard return on the interception. Exactly. Stupid stuff. But welcome to Simultaneous Catch. My
1: name is Josh Lappin. I'm
0: Adam Jeffrey Rossi. and We're glad to have you here today. <laughs> a lot of stuff happened over the weekend. Um, I'm not used to looking at the audio, and it's making me self-conscious about whether or not I'm spiking or not. Well, you know, you just have to go back this and, is a whole, and check whole This is a that. whole new thing for me. But anyway. Our new audio producer Yeah uh I got I don't know if I got promoted or demoted but <laughs> it's it's definitely a promotion I am now editing audio so if it's terrible that means that it's, it's not gi- going to be awful it's it be will be great we'll see how that. All right, I uh, got a lot, lots to talk about. It was a juicy week in the NFL, as it always is. I think that I get like just a little sidebar. I really, I mean, we talk about that every now and then about why the NFL is the most popular sport in America, and I think this is the biggest reason why is that it's a 17-week regular season, so every week is so big. Oh yeah, we so, talked about that we, a we, we, handful we, of time. Exactly. So I just, but again, you know. Because I was I was kind of rolling my eyes when I was like it was a juicy week, but I say something like that every week. The reality is that legitimately, it is. So uh, we want to give a I want to give a quick shout out and thank you to a listener of ours because he's oh yes because he's so colossal. <laughs> <laughs> that was a portmanteau or a portmanteau. I don't know which one it is. It's a portmanteau. Oh, so he'll, he'll, he's gonna he's gonna come I back with us again. on that. But that was the correct pronunciation. Uh, a friend of ours, Bill. Who listens to the show. He's a Colts fan, and we asked about what uh, putting two words together meant, and he said it's a portmanteau. It looks like that's a French root, because it's E-A-U, and I want to say that's O, because it's like water is O, so I'm going to say portmanteau is the word. All right. I would buy that. Yeah. I would buy that explanation. So yeah, uh, appreciate that, Bill, and go Colts. Colts are having a good year, man.
1: Yeah, stubbed their toe a little bit in Pittsburgh. Uh, some of us didn't expect that. Some of us did. Yeah, we... and really, if it wasn't for the stub toe of Adam Vinatieri, you would have pulled it out.
0: But yeah, that was that's upsetting. You don't really you don't get that too often from Adam
1: Vinatieri. Although I feel like he really is, and nobody likes to talk about it. Everyone's talking about how Adam and Terry, Vinatieri is. One of the best, and he is. But he yeah, is. argue I mean, that, but yeah. he's not really been that hot this year. No, he's trailed From off. Two weeks and, ago, I mean, he had the happens. game winner, but that was only set up because he missed a few kicks earlier in the game. It yeah. didn't have to come down to that. Yeah, absolutely. And so everyone's talking about how he just keeps rolling and how he is great, but in honesty, I, I don't really like seeing this. I don't like seeing him miss these kicks. <laughs> it's so. sad,
0: but I mean, the reality is I don't think it's... And I don't think you're calling for them to move on from him either, but I'm saying that I think the reality is that kicking is terrible this year. So many many guys are just missing extra points. They're missing key clutch kicks. So when you have a guy that you know more often than not in the clutch is going to come through with that kick, it's hard to move on from him, even if he's struggling this year, you know. I just think he's
1: getting up there in age, and
0: his, he's— Is he like 44 or something like that? I don't want to say fresh.
1: I don't think that's the right word, but he's just not what he once was. Yeah. And I get that there's a pride that comes with it, and he's been around for so long and done it for so long, but at some point, he's the team isn't losing he's because of 46 him. 46 years old. But at some point, you just have to be like, okay, I'm not going to tar— my legacy by continuing to do this yeah i mean mean, we've talked about that in terms of tom brady about how he's not what he once was and when you start to call it yeah i think it's just not something that we necessarily talk about with kickers right but i think with the profile of a kicker like vinitary you start to ask those questions of like sure you can still roll out there and hit the 50 yarder occasionally but then you run the risk
0: of missing the game winner yeah that's tough that's really tough Well, welcome back to the show. Do you have a rant-rave recall this week?
1: I did in planning, and I forgot about it, so (laughs) maybe I'll remember during yours. Well,
0: I have a rave, and I need to rave about the Seattle Seahawks, more specifically the Seattle Seahawks wide receiving core that for a long time was much maligned, and people talked about it not being as good. I know that even you, when we were talking about the MVP conversation, you were like, he has these guys, and he's throw into that aren't really like household names and maybe they're not but they're really good players
1: they're starting to become so that, that
0: rookie dk metcalf out of old miss played great and the more specifically i really want to hone in on tyler lockett heck yeah and the combination of tyler lockett to russell wilson and this is kind of a crush in it too but listen to this stat here what I just like it's Tyler Lockett to Russell Wilson. Is that what I said? You're gonna flip flop it. It's gonna happen this week. That's my friend's fortune. Hey, okay, I like it. <laughs> um, Tyler Lockett will not attention yeah. to Russell Wilson. Russell That's Wilson old. has not thrown an interception when ta- targeting Tyler Lockett since 2017, week 11. Wow. Since then, Seattle has played 31 games. Wilson has targeted Lockett 160 times, 82% completion percentage. Nineteen hundred yards, eighteen touchdowns. It's unbelievable, and I really think you know we talk about best quarterback receiver duo's in the NFL. It's time for us to put them in that conversation too. I
1: I know that that.
0: I know that Lockett isn't you know a big time name, and I think he's getting there. But a lot of guys may not put him in that upper echelon of receivers. But I mean, in terms of connection, name me a better connection in the NFL right now. I can't think of one.
1: Not one that's. Necessarily translating to wins and, and whatnot. And you're right. A lot of people were talking about when, when Baldwin retired, what were they going to do? Because they were going to be left with the five foot eleven speedster guy. Right. And then they obviously went out and drafted Metcalf. But other than that, you were wondering what this wide receiver group was going to do. Exactly. And people were kind of dismissing Lockett. They were yeah. like, well, he's... A slot receiver that can run really quickly, so that's well, great. And I but. think
0: I think a part of it, I, I think a part of it is people question his production because they thought, oh, this is a byproduct of the fact that he's not the number one. Baldwin's the number True. one, so he's having softer coverage. But I mean, he's been doing this since 2017. Now he had Baldwin then, but even. You know, Baldwin has been injured near the end of his career as well. So, I mean, Lockett's been the guy for a couple of years now. And then you throw in a rookie in DK Metcalf, who's just been on fire recently. And then, you know, they lost Will Disley, which was tough. But now they just picked off of waivers Josh Gordon. So, I mean, this team is loaded. And I would be very frightened to play this team right now because they are scary. I agree. Yeah. I, and there, there are only two losses: uh, New Orleans and who was the other? I forget who the other loss was. It was Baltimore. New Orleans and Balti- or New Orleans and Baltimore. Two of the best teams in the NFL. So I mean, they're they're playing tough. Absolutely, yeah. Well, you know, you know, I'm a fan. But yeah, so that's my that's my rave for the Seattle Seahawks, Russell Wilson, Tyler Lockett.
1: Yeah, I'm gonna give a little rave out to Kenyon Drake and those. Arizona Cardinals. We yeah. reported on Thursday before yeah. the game, and I don't think either of us really gave Arizona that much of a chance. There was a potential upset yeah. possibility, as yeah. with all rival games, especially when you're on your home turf and whatnot, but. Kenyon Drake, with three days of practice, came out and just ran like a man on a mission. Absolutely. And it was really great to see. And he added that spark that if if Kenyon Drake wasn't there and played that way, then the game wouldn't have been as close as it was. Probably not. I mean, it would
0: start from the first carry, too. The first carry was a 40-yard carry. (laughs) And he really set the tone.
1: (laughs) I mean, Kyler played well as a whole. Kyler played
0: pretty well. But –
1: 49ers defense Which we talked about Last week as well Really did a great job Of shutting him down There was a lot of times They in that backfield And he tried running around Making magic happen And yeah. they just lost More yards from that If they mm-hmm. didn't have The productivity Of a runner As a runner And Kenyon Drake Also catching passes Out of the backfield He Absolutely. really added A really great spark To that That offense On Thursday Absolutely, night Absolutely without a doubt So you have to Take your caps to him
0: And uh, just you, you You'd earn that Rave Absolutely uh, speaking of Thursday night games, it's a good segue into a Thursday night recap here. It was a pretty good game last night. Uh, we're rec- we are recording on a Friday. And, uh, so, day after the Thursday night game, L.A. Chargers went over to Oakland to face the Raiders in the last seemingly primetime game in Oakland before yeah. they moved to Las Vegas next year. I mean, unless they found a way to get a home playoff game. Although, they're, they're only one game out of the division. So... Yeah, the Raiders now at 5 and 4, the Chargers at 4 and 6. This was a tough game. I mean, it started in the first quarter, the, the Raiders 10-0 lead. Uh Chargers kind of came back and then it was 17-14 Raiders at halftime, a tight game and then they you know, they traded field goals in the third quarter and then they each uh got a or the Raiders got two field goals. Or uh, no, they, Raiders got a touchdown in the fourth quarter, right? And they missed the extra point. That's what yes. it is. They missed the extra point, and then you know the Chargers did get a score too to get them back in it. But they they could not do it at the end. Philip Rivers three interceptions on the game. And a lot more that didn't count. Absolutely, the lone bright spot for L.A. was Melvin Gordon, twenty-two carries, one hundred and nine yards, and a touchdown. It seems like I wouldn't say it was the lone bright spot. Not a lone bright spot, but one of the bigger ones, especially considering people have been worried about him recently. But and I said this during the game last night. It seems that he's back. That he's 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 back to who who we all believe him to be, just took him a couple of games. Yeah, and that's normal. I mean, we saw the
1: same thing with Zeke. So Zeke obviously played the entire year. They both knew the (laughs) preseason. But he didn't – the first couple weeks, Zeke was not Ezekiel Elliott. So it just takes time. That's why I'm not the biggest fan of preseason, I was just going to bring this up. you need to be – even team activities. Right. None of those – they weren't there playing football. You can be – Staying in shape and doing all that you want, but it's not the same thing as playing organized football. And they talked
0: about this with the this. Ha, this has been a, a common th- theme throughout a lot of this because a lot of players didn't play preseason. They talked about the Bears because the Bears starters never played the preseason. The Packers starters never played the preseason. So they talked about the first handful of games where they're preseason to get going. So I mean, I don't want to get down the rabbit hole of talking about preseason here because we can go on for that forever. But I just you know, it seems that Melvin Gordon's back, and it's good to see. But another back that's been great, Josh Jacobs, rookie for the Oakland Raiders out of Alabama, 71 yards and a touchdown again. I mean, the, the kid just just runs tough. He also added three catches for 30 yards. Derek Carr, 21-31, 218 and a touchdown. Not a big night, but got it done. And that defense was all over this offense, really. I mean, the three interceptions, two by Eric Harris, one by Carl Joseph. I mean, they were – they were all over the place. And I believe Harris was the one who had the interception return for a touchdown, if I'm not mistaken. I don't know which one. I, I believe that's what it was. But, you know, they also added, I think, five sacks. Yeah, five sacks in this game. They were all over the place. Yeah. Well, let's break both of those things down. Yeah. So
1: we talked about Josh Jacobs earlier on, I think, after week one because we were yeah. doing our overreactions and people were talking about how Josh Jacobs came out and had that miraculous game and we're touting him and he's had some ups and downs of his rookie year as is to be expected from a rookie running back especially Mm -hmm. rookies really across the board for the most part but he really is a phenomenal back and they were talking last night and i didn't realize this i didn't consider josh jacobs this but they were talking about how a lot of people had him graded as a third round pick and i didn't think that I, i didn't i thought it was a stretch to go and get him in the first because yeah. I considered him a second round pick, but I thought that was Oakland securing the guy they wanted, mm-hmm. so somebody else didn't. I yeah. did not think he was a third round pick, and I, I'm.
0: No, I mean I really. Thought I don't know, know where first. those sources are from, or why that came about, or was said. No, but. I think I think it was said because I think everybody had a first round talent grade on him. I think the reality was people said one, people don't need running backs as much anymore, so nobody's going to take him in the first round, and two a lot of the people high up in the first round had a running back or, or had other glaring needs, so they weren't going to go running back. I mean, that makes sense. But, but... It, he went to the team that most people thought he went to. I mean, we had him – I don't know if you – I think we both had him mocked there. I think maybe at different picks. Mm, I don't think But neither. I had Jacobs mocked to the Raiders because – you know, they needed a playmaker in the backfield after losing Marshawn Lynch, and he's a hell of a player. And they had three picks in the first round. There was no reason for them not to use one on the best running back in the draft. Yeah. So, but I, again, I mean, it's just no, I don't think anybody expected him to have the sort of impact he's had so far this year. But the Oakland Raiders are five and four, one game out of the division. And yeah. and they, and, and I, I mean, I'm, I'm going to look at their schedule here, but I mean, they still. Have another game against the Chiefs. They do, and it's it it's not crazy to see what's going to happen here, really. But I, I, you know, they they do have one more game against the Chiefs. They
1: do have the one more game against Kansas City. Obviously, Patrick Mahomes is going to be back this week, right? And that makes it a little more difficult. Kudos to the Chiefs though for getting through this schedule without him. They went two and one without him, uh, right? Did Mahomes uh, Moore play two games or play? yeah,
0: more played three games. Okay, and they did go two and one, right? Yes. Yeah, they 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 lost the Packers and then they beat.
1: I know they. Oh, no, just no! no. Beat. So he
0: te- so he he was he's one and one as a starter, two and one. Okay, because because well, Mahomes got hurt in the first game against the the Broncos and they still won. Okay, yeah. So it's two and one in games that he played. Okay,
1: well, still that's a huge, huge accomplishment to, right. to do, especially when you take away a quarterback of the level of Mahomes, but Matt Moore played phenomenal. And to to go and do that, to get through that stretch without your former MVP quarterback, you have to take your caps well, to that. So we'll see what moves forward. It'll be but. tough
0: because we believe he'll be back this week. But I will say this. The Raiders play the Bengals and the Jets in their next two games. And then it's the Chiefs and then the Titans, Jags, Chargers, Broncos. So there are a lot of winnable games there. Yeah, the thing the is chi- – the chi- sorry. I just want to—the Chiefs have the Titans this week, and they have the Chargers, the Raiders, the Patriots, Broncos, Bears, Chargers. So they still have the Chargers twice. Right. The whole thing, it's not really a
1: matter—maybe you can disagree with this, or maybe this sounds silly because obviously your first objective is always to win the division, right? Right, That's not a huge issue for me for the division winner. That's a bigger thing for the opposing wildcard teams, in my opinion. That's fair. So I don't think the Kansas City is going to lose the grip of the first – or of the division lead. Okay. Oakland's schedule now comes into play
0: for that five or six seed. Okay. Okay. Uh, Excuse me. Pardon me. So Oakland is five and four right now. That's the seventh seed in the playoffs. The sixth seed right now is the five and three Colts. Mm -hmm. The five being the six and two Bills. So, I mean, I think that's tough. I, I I don't I don't see a lot of. I know we talked about this in our Halloween episode. I don't see a lot of wiggle room there. I don't. I, you know what I mean? I mean, obviously, you're right. There isn't.
1: But when you're the seven seed, right? Anything. Can there's happen. more wiggle room <laughs> than compared to the. No, I know. Seed. I
0: know. I'm not saying. That. I'm just saying that I I. If, if Jacoby Brissett is healthy, I'm hard pressed to see that they fall out. And maybe the Bills aren't as good as six and two says they are, but their schedule says that they're not going to. They shouldn't drop many more games. I mean, so we'll see what happens. But um, yeah, anything else you want to say
1: about Thursday night? Yeah, no, just uh, you know, a lot of people were down on on Gruden and Mayock for their their drafting and where they were taking this team, but I think you're starting to see it come. To what they expected to be. Which, and so, which is weird to me because I, have,
0: I I feel like they've drafted really
1: well. I mean, they drafted for what they wanted to bring to the team, their philosophy, their belief. That's why they were okay with defending <sighs> AB because they didn't want that to be a part of their culture. They said, okay, you don't want to be here. You're not going to fit this mold of what we're trying to build. Mm-hmm. Then you can go. So when they drafted Farrell out of Clemson, people were like, that's a reach. But he had a hell of a game. He had a great game last <laughs> night, and you're starting to see him turn it on. And so they're implementing a belief system there. And I
0: think the one of the big things that I love about it is Mayock said this too, that they want to draft winners. They want winners on their team. And of their first three picks, their first one was the national champion, Clemson Tigers. Their one of their defensive players yeah. and then the other offensive player from the in the title game Alabama Crimson Tide and you know they they started they struggled a little bit out of the gate they went one and two because they lost dropped games to the Vikings and the Chiefs And then they won two straight Colts and the Bears then the Packers beat them and then the Texans beat them but they've won two straight now so and then they have the Bengals and the Jets like I said so they could be on a four game win streak heading into Kansas City in 3 weeks which would be Wild.
1: And really, other than <laughs> the second half hiccup against Green Bay, like they played Houston very, very tough and they played the first half against Green Bay very, very tough. They, they fell did. off there. Yep. But this is not a pushover team that I At think all. a lot of I mean, I think they're starting to, be talked about of being legit, but
0: I think a lot of people are still thinking of the misconception of Oakland. Oh, yeah. But I think, I think last night was really a tipping of the scales game for them because Gruden certainly believes in this team and Mayock believes in the team that he's built. And I think that they may not have had that win yet that said to them, okay, we can do this. And, I don't like I know that the Chargers are four and six now and they were four and five last night, but I really think that beating the Chargers when they're surging and everybody's like, Oh, here come the Chargers because it's what they do every year and <laughs> able to stop them and win that game, I think that's huge. Yeah, so, absolutely. I agree. So I agree. We'll see what happens with Oakland coming up shortly. I do think they get a couple wins going here. And that that, that Kansas City Chiefs game on Defe- December first is gonna be wild. All right. So transition into some somber news. Because I don't like talking about this. But <laughs> I, if this show was just about talking about what Adam wanted to talk about, nobody would listen. So go ahead, my friend.
1: <laughs> well, as we have said numerous times this year, Antonio Brown is back in the news. Okay. We talked about this yesterday, and I didn't actually know this part until until later in the evening after we talked about it. But you're right. It was yesterday that he went on this little tirade. So he did say it, yesterday. It was yesterday. Okay, see, I couldn't – He yeah. had – tweeted a very explicit tweet about the NFL and how he was done <sighs> me nuts. and then retracted it deleted it but there's screenshots so, so we well, clearly of course can I, read it. well as with social media that's always going to happen especially with a high profile person like Antonio Brown or any yeah. celebrity if you post it for more than six seconds somebody's going to have it <laughs> right so with that being said later on he said he Really misses the game and wants to come back and is going to work to clear his name and of course he he's the meeting game. with the NFL and to get things cleared up, which is why I thought it was odd the timing. I
0: don't really understand why any of this happened because something is seriously wrong with this man. I, all jokes aside, something is wrong with Antonio Brown. I mean, you would hope to think that, I, but I just don't. I don't get it. I, I I like the the man needs help, and I again I'm not. A counselor, or a therapist, or a psychologist, or a psychiatrist, or whatever. And I'm, I don't, I'm trying to refrain from using the word crazy because I don't like that, especially with people who have mental issues. But I think it's very clear this guy has problems and needs help. And his help right now is not football, man. It's not. I, I don't, I don't get it. I don't get how you can't look at yourself and say. Oh, why am I begging to get back in the NFL one second and then tweeting F the NFL the next second and then deleting it saying I want to be back? I mean, can't you look at yourself and see that there's an issue here? And then, I don't know if you saw this, but now there's reports that there have been three or four burner Twitter accounts that he created yeah, to I respond to people. I don't believe any of that. I don't know. I mean, I fully believe it. I think if a guy like Kevin Durant created burner accounts and admitted to it, you think that Antonio Brown doesn't have 10 burner accounts? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> no. When when, when everybody is, is, is against Antonio Brown on this Twitter post and there's one guy responding to every person saying, no, AB's the best, that raises a flag. There's always people that are going to defend <laughs> whoever they want to out in the world. Again, I just – I, well, I mean, what are your thoughts? You know my thoughts? i've 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 not really I've not really wavered on my opinions of Antonio Brown this year. So I really like, how, what do you think about it? Yeah. I mean, I agree that it appears something. Is going
1: on mentally, but I mean who are we to sit here and say that? We don't we don't know. Like you said, and Again, like said, I said, I
0: don't want to think that anybody think that I am at the, diagnosing a man. I just something's clearly wrong.
1: At the same time, but maybe just to play devil's advocate, maybe it's not. Maybe he's doing all this very strategically. <laughs> I mean, we think about What's the goal? The goal is to keep his name
0: relevant. Well, it's, it's working.
1: And you know, it is working because you talked about the scary Seattle Seahawks. You know who wanted Antonio Brown? They did kick the tires. Russell Wilson really lobbied to get Antonio Brown that to be on the Seattle me. Seahawks. Sure, it upsets you, but and I've been on this side very vehemently I until anything's proven, and nothing has still. Nothing's been proven. He's still a talented guy. We saw that from a very short time in New England, and sure, you can say it was against like Miami, but for a guy to be there, like I talked about it with Kenyon Drake, for a guy to be there for handful of days and come in and make an impact on a team well i don't doubt that's impressive and so if you can keep people talking about you and you get a contender that's like well we can use some help who's out there oh we keep hearing about antonio brown it's not going to be good for you just to tuck in the corner and i don't agree with the way he's doing it i don't think you should say f the nfl yeah that doesn't make sense to me personally but if you keep your name out there there are guys talking about you Tom Brady's still mad that they got rid of Antonio Brown because he put a lot of time in to get him acclimated, to get him comfortable. And New England has this thing about Jetsoning wide receivers that Tom Brady is putting in time to help become, if you want to say, better people, if you will. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, do I think he deserves to be on a football field? No. Okay. Do I think he could and... Will be, unless we find something definitive from this meeting, I think he will be. You think he will be? I do. Okay. I think somebody is going, if if, if they wash their hands of this debacle, because honestly, if it wasn't for this text message thing that came out after, he'd still be in New England. New England Probably, was fine yeah. with everything that happened until there was yeah. just a little more heaped onto it. Yeah. Because they're willing to take a risk for a high profile, effective player. Mm-hmm. And so, with that being said, if the NFL, if this meeting even happens, we don't know because it would it was just supposed to be, happen today, wasn't it? I, don't, I thought it was next week, but it would be completely Antonio Brown to have this and be like, yeah, I'm not going to go. Right. But whatever. If it does happen and something is resolved yeah. and they're like, okay, we don't have anything to persecute you with, Right. a team's going to take a chance.
0: I'm inclined to believe that. I really am, unfortunately. I mean Kareem Hunt got a job and there's a, a video of him. But so I mean we'll see what happens. But I just I I get I grow so tired of of guys It makes sense. It just it, it makes me so upset. And that's why I don't like talking about it so much. But I know we gotta talk about it, but I just I, I, I just get so upset when there are guys like Antonio Brown who, you know, maybe nothing's been proven, but if it looks like a duck, quacks like a duck. It's not a mongoose. I say that all the time, but that's what I think. But regardless, it just upsets me that guys like Antonio Brown can be consistently talked about and and possibly get jobs when guys like Colin Kaepernick, when all he did was kneel during the national anthem, can't get a, a phone call. That you know that that's what upsets me. But here there we will are. always be those stories, though. There will always be those players. There will always be
1: certain things that are outliers. Which hurts, but, and so we think about the world. That we live in now. The way to do it is to go and tweet and to go and do silly things on social media. But think about yeah. a dozen years ago when it was T.O., a very similar wide receiver who went and so he's outside doing push-ups on his driveway.
0: Right, but I see. I and I, like I'm not. I don't. I'm. I'm not saying this to be like, oh, you're you're wrong. But I mean, even that's different. You know, T.O. never did anything socially wrong. He was just a weird me guy. You know what I mean? Like he was never charged with or, or even. Or even uh, accused of any sort of sexual assault or anything like that. T.O. was just an eccentric, egotistical guy. And in ways, it was able to laugh at him and, be, and have fun with it. Sure. You know what I mean? I'm not comparing okay. their faults. You're just saying that there's those guys who – I'm saying what they do to stay out there. Okay. To stay popular. Fair. To keep
1: people talking about yeah. them.
0: That's fair. There was like a lot of guys. who
1: got job opportunities after nobody thought he was going to be in the league.
0: I mean, and, and the other thing about Tio is, like, Tio continued to produce, even though maybe he was on bad teams. I mean, he he was on Buffalo that year where it was Trent Edwards and Ryan Fitzpatrick and still had 1,000 yards and eight touchdowns. Yeah. And then he was on that team with Carson Palmer as he was deteriorating with him and, and, and Ocho Cinco. I, that, yeah. I, I don't know if he went back to Chad Johnson at that point, but regardless, I mean, I he so. put up 1,000 yards and 10 touchdowns that year, too. So, I mean, he consistently put up production, even though he was. I mean, he kind of calmed down a lot oh, yes, the last couple of years. He I did. mean, he was very humble in Buffalo, but I got I got to see his last touchdown as a Bill, which was cool. But again, you know, this is where this whole you know wide receivers are divas comes from, and it's just we talked about this when all this started. Antonio Brown never seemed to be this type of guy. You know What I mean, we never never saw anything like this out of Antonio Brown until last year, and all it's it just he's unraveled day after day and, and where does it end i don't know
1: yeah and i don't think there really will be an end of the story unless just like something, peter <laughs> unless there's just a wake-up call for antonio brown
0: and i feel like eventually there probably has to but in some way i mean whatever that looks like we don't know but it's got to happen right you'd think you'd think anyway that segment went on longer than i thought it would <laughs> let's move on so, speaking of our Thursday night football matchup, a lot of people said that this was sort of a playoff game in ways that, you know, the the loser of this game would not make the playoffs. I don't fully agree with that. But a lot of people said that this was a must-win game. I, every time somebody says must-win game, I think of the Brian Regan segment where he's like, is this a must-win game? And it's it's a really funny. You should look it up. Have you ever seen that? I just like the impression. I think that's a pretty good impression of Brian Regan. <laughs> have, you not, have you ever heard that one? I don't know where it's like the game seven, and it's like you're down one. It's like you're down two games to one. Is this a must-win game in a seven-game series? He's like, no, we can actually lose the next two if we want. He's like, we don't want to, but uh, you didn't ask me that, so it's a funny. You should look it up anyway. But that's what I think of. Regardless, they said there was a must-win game last night, Thursday night football. So let's look into the schedule this week. Got some bigger matchups, some not so big matchups, but looking into this week. Must win, not must win. You can say they're must win. You can say maybe they're the more important games. But like, what what's a must win game? What is what is your most important game or two this week? We can go bet one for one if you want, or you can say a couple, and I can say a couple. No, what's we'll up? Go to you? one for one, okay. okay. To okay. break up the monotony. Yeah. Do you, you want to go, go for?
1: It? I mean, I just I ranted about AB.
0: Well, I'm gonna go to the I'm gonna go to the low hanging fruit here and go to Vikings Cowboys. I don't think that's low hanging fruit. You know, Sunday night football. I really think that in you know, are they in our pick segment? Yeah, I gave them to you. So I can reveal my pick because I do think the Vikings are going to win We've this already game.
1: We already mapped out our entire Dallas thing last week. So Oh, that's right.
0: That's true. We talked about that. But regardless, so, I mean, what a huge game. You know, Dallas and Dak have kind of had Kirk's number over Kirk's career. Now, some of that was when he was with Washington with a lot lesser talent than he has in Minnesota. But then you have this, this you know, storyline of Kirk being not good in prime time, which is actually kind of not – True, but the numbers indicate otherwise. The number the, the the individual yeah, the individual numbers indicate other actually the numbers indicate that primetime Minnesota defense is really bad. So regardless, this is a huge game. And I I don't fully subscribe to the loser of this loses, but if you want to talk must win in terms of can we make it to the playoffs or do we have the confidence to, this is a must win game. Dallas is only up one game against Philly, and they still have to play them again. Yeah. The Vikings are one game behind the division lead in the Packers, but both of them, you know, both of them are in the playoffs right now. But you have teams like LA at five and three nipping at the. The ankles of the Vikings for the playoffs, and the and the Panthers at five and three, and the Eagles at five and four. I mean, they're the, the NFC is tough. We talk about this all the time, but the NFC is very tough. So you you kind of have to win this game if you want to settle yourself. Because if the Dallas loses this game, their schedule does not get any easier by any stretch of the imagination coming up here so dallas really needs to win this game and i think the vikings need to win this game too to shut up all the doubters get the seven and three be right there with you still have one more matchup with green bay coming up so I, I mean i think this is a huge game this is a, a colossal game
1: i agree it's gonna be a good sunday night football so i'm very very excited I'm looking forward to that yeah all right so going games this is not a must win but this is very very important and it's the Los Angeles Rams taking on the Pittsburgh Steelers in Pittsburgh. Another
0: huge matchup. And this is in Pals Picks, too. This is another one of your Pals Picks, so you don't want to give away your, your winner here.
1: <laughs> don't I won't give away the winner, but it is very, very important if the Rams want to keep up in the division. And I talked yeah, about it Yeah, yeah, they're becoming irrelevant. we were, we were unmasking, <laughs> I, I unmasked the, the Rams, right? I actually don't remember which segment they were in specifically. You did, because I was going to slash them. So with that being said... We're, let's just go under the assumption that the undefeated 49ers stay undefeated okay let's go under that assumption yeah. so if with that being said the Seahawks would drop to seven and three if you're yeah. able to win that game Los Angeles that is when you're six and three you're also well then you'll you'll be tied with them half game back because Seattle has that has the tiebreaker from beating you yeah. but you have that game against them later on in the year right so this is huge so you having your division opponents face off against each other on Monday night is huge for you to win this game traveling across the
0: country to take on Pittsburgh. And I will say quickly about this cuz this is your game, but this this ties right into what I said at the beginning of the year when I said the Rams weren't going to make the playoffs. You know, I I don't think they're as good as they have been in the last couple of years. I think that's well documented if you watch the season so far. But also, I just – I believed in the 49ers having this good of a season so far. And if you look at that and Seattle was going to be there, they were going to be you third. You said this, they the were gonna Niners be, were going to be 9-0. I didn't say they'd be 9-0, and but I very confidently said they were going to win the division and start hot. Remember, remember I said that matchup between the Packers and the Niners was going to be like 9-1 and one and 8-0 and o or something like that, but I, I thought the Packers would be the undefeated one. Yeah. But regardless. 8-0, excuse me. Regardless. I think, I think, I think they're by. Yeah. Um, this is a big reason because, you know, when was the last time three teams from the same division went? It's got to have been a while, right? It's been a few years. So I, I think the last – actually maybe it was the last time when the Falcons and the Panthers made it or – I, I think that's what it was. I do believe it was out of the yeah. south. But regardless, you know, it, it doesn't happen that often. It's really hard to happen and I don't think th- you know I don't think it's gonna happen. So you're right, this is a huge game.
1: Well, you have a lot of things playing for you obviously at that point too. So that game if we're looking at the logisticals of the NFC playoff picture, so that game's at four o'clock, four thirty, if you will. But the biggest games that are gonna impact that are Sunday night and Monday night. Because you have the Minnesota Vikings, who are also going to be either striving for the wild card or to kick the Packers and get them to be the wild card. So I guess also that game could be big as well. Yeah. But you're really looking at those wild card teams that you're going to want them to be the ones to go down. I mean, Dallas doesn't affect it at all. Right. well, unless they're—I
0: really let's put it this way—I don't think Dallas's path to the playoff is a wild card. They have to win the division. I do same think, thing with Philly. I think the East is just going to be, be the one division. team. Whoever wins it, and yes. I'm with that too. I think a lot of people are as well. I agree. So,
1: yeah, so there's not necessarily a must win, but a very, very pivotal game.
0: So I have a, a strange must win. Okay, but in my mind, it's a must win. Okay, it's a Buffalo Bills. Okay, I this is this sounds odd, but to me, this is the most important game so far in this season. Because, you know, the Browns last week, backs were kind of against the wall, but the the, the backs are actually against the wall this week for Cleveland, in Cleveland. Yeah. If Cleveland loses this game, they have – what's the I have the stat, but they have like a 5% chance to make the playoffs. (laughs) If Cleveland wins this game, and holds steady at like 25 or something like that because their schedule is – Is easier to end the season. They still play. Well, you've been saying that for the last three weeks. I know. I'm just saying. I'm just saying because they. I mean, they still have the Bengals twice. So, you know, I really, really believe Buffalo has to win this game because you have teams like the Raiders that are surging, the Steelers who have won three. (laughs) Was it three straight? You know, the Jaguars are getting their quarterback back. You never know about the Chargers. You have the Colts right here. I mean, there are teams right here that could steal one of these wild card spots from Buffalo. If we fall off yeah, and we talked about their schedule, Buffalo has the Browns, the dolphins and the Broncos. These are three very important games, but I think this one is the must win because we have that right there. And then we have this stretch that we've talked about with at the, at Dallas for Thanksgiving. I mean, they are in Buffalo against the Ravens, but that's still the Ravens. Then they go at Pittsburgh and at new England. I mean, the, one of the toughest four-game st- stretches you'll see in the NFL this year. So I really think beating the Browns this weekend, this Sunday, is absolutely a must-win game. Yeah, I agree. You okay there, bud? I'm having a hard time breathing. What's up? I don't know. Are you okay? Let's take a timeout. All right, hot diggity
1: damn. Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> you okay, my friend? I don't know. I'm still recovering, so <laughs> we'll see. But, yes, I do think that – I do think that this this game in Cleveland this weekend is a must-win for the Buffalo Bills.
1: I don't think that's silly. I think you explained that very well. And they're—sorry, <clears throat> still recovering. There are a lot of people—Gil Brand of NFL just came out and talked about a couple teams that were better than their record indicated and a couple that weren't as good, and Buffalo is one of those teams talking about— a little bit of a softer schedule, and I, I don't like the argument about softer schedules being a thing because you only play the games that you're given, and that's fine. And as we they're, talk about all the time, yeah. they're just they're last week with Cleveland was a great example. Cleveland was probably on paper the better team, probably should have won that game, but Denver came out and did it.
0: And if we want to bring up softer schedules, you can bring up New England's schedule. Exactly. You can even bring up a team like Dallas who people love. And the combined record of the teams that they've won are eleven and thirty-one. So you know, Buffalo's is nine and 40, nine and forty-one. Forty-one. But you know, like there are a lot of teams right now that are good teams because they've beaten the, the other teams. And you can only
1: <laughs> you can I mean? only play the games you're given. <laughs> exactly. With that being said, I don't think that's silly because you really do map it out the the playoff picture. You know, obviously Buffalo has a, a leg up right now, but you don't have a lot of room to stumble in the NFL. Uh, Not. Nah, no, we don't. <laughs> With that being said, I'll do one that also probably doesn't have as great of importance. But if you want to stay relevant and in contention, the Chiefs traveling to take on the Titans, I'm gonna go with the Titans. Because okay. right now yeah, they're yeah. on the outside looking in and they if they do wanna get in, they don't have the room to keep falling. At all.
0: And now they and they I mean they are a little bit different from a lot of teams in that the division is kind of still in play because they do still play the Texans twice. Sure. So you Absolutely. Know, they they have the Texans twice and the Chiefs and the Colts and the Jaguars. So they still have division games against everybody twice against the Texans. Now they do have the Raiders, the Saints, and the Chiefs. So they have a really tough schedule.
1: <laughs> yeah, I do feel like – and it's always tough with divisional games, as we know. I don't think – they're not going to sweep Houston. I would expect not. maybe a split, maybe. But I also won't be surprised if they do get swept.
0: I think they'll win one
1: game. I would expect a split. Yeah. I usually expect that's the norm for divisional teams more often than Especially not. Especially in the AFC South. So with that being said, they just don't have the room, though, to keep losing games if they do want to catch up. At so, all. yeah. I will say that is really—I will say a must win for the Titans if okay. they want to
0: stay yeah. relevant. Yeah, that's good. I think that— uh... I don't have any other, you know, spiels to go on. I do think that the Lions and the Bears is a must win game for those two things. I think whatever team loses is kind of out of it, especially in the NFC. That's another big game, I think. Other than that, I really don't see a lot of other must win games. Because even Seattle and 49ers, I mean, if Seattle wants to win the division, that's a must win game for them. But sure. I think Seattle's pretty safe for the playoffs. So I don't, I, I find it hard to say, tag a game as must win if the postseason isn't on the line, but
1: I mean, I it'll, it'll be tight if Seattle loses, and then that game a few weeks down right. the road against Los Angeles. You're right, though, because I was
0: going to say, because Los Angeles and, the, and Carolina and Vikings are three teams that can steal that spot, that fifth spot, and then who knows who sneaks in, because they're in the fifth spot right now, but regardless. Anything else? No, I feel pretty good. I feel right. like I'm not dying anymore. Good. Well, it's time for some cold reads. Hmm. <laughs> Gosh. You didn't do burr. You've been doing burr every week. I did that
1: once. You did it twice. Did I?
0: Well, I'm gonna have to look back now.
1: I think it's only once.
0: I think it's twice. Mm. <laughs> Maybe we'll never know. <laughs> Maybe not. Alright, do you have cold reads, my friend?
1: Yeah, but I'm gonna ask you to go first. So I feel like I shouldn't lose the momentum of being on the talk. I feel like if I stop talking, oh, then okay.
0: Like, no, that's fair. So uh this one w- this is a kind of um uh longer cold read oh okay so <clears throat> this is me
1: like one of those mathematical ones where i do like think about it no it was just in
0: 2000 in 2018 there was a debate going around about like how do you build a successful roster in today's nfl okay and this has been talked about a lot but what what we came down to was the role and the number of players for each role so you need one quarterback you need a franchise quarterback yeah you need a, you need a quarterback that can win games you need two pass rushers three offensive playmakers three defensive playmakers, oh and three quality O-linemen. That's 12 players. So you need 12 core players that are Pro Bowl caliber, very good players. Okay. So, but my cold rate is, one, do you agree with that? And two, if you do, name as many of those players. Like, who would you start your team with? Oh, my gosh. Well, do I agree? Yeah, do you agree I'm... with, like, that in general? You need a couple pass rushers and a couple a couple playmakers on both sides and a quarterback. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I
1: feel like that's almost covering most of, of the league. Uh, or
0: is corner on that list? I it's just three defensive playmakers. Okay. So it could be it could be uh, two corners and a safety. It could be an extra pass rusher. It could be a linebacker. You know, it's somebody who's going to make play, plays.
1: I will say in my philosophy, and I don't. I yeah, think so I might I, be the outlier. I think this I is the better. Believe, like, what's your philosophy? I believe a shutdown corner is, the most... is more valuable than a great pass rusher. Okay, I think we can see that with an okay. example like Chicago this year. They have Khalil Mack, one of the very best, yeah. but their secondary is not playing up to par. So yeah. Khalil Mack still makes plays occasionally, but it's not like last year where mm-hmm. the secondary was not letting anything happen. So they gave Khalil Mack even the time to be extra disruptive. Yeah, I would take a shutdown corner over an extraordinary pass rusher. That's my philosophy. Okay. Obviously, quarterback, I think, is important. You know, I'm a big believer on the offensive line as well. Um, so, I mean, if I, you want me to like name some of these players that I think, or am I, in my list of positions that I think, that I, that I believe are most important?
0: Did you ask me something? I did ask I'm you sorry. something, so I'm glad you were paying attention. I'm sorry. Me. I was trying to find the next cold read because <laughs> I lost it, but say it again. I'm asking you – you're asking me to name players? That yeah, I would... well, I'm saying that if you have a different philosophy, walk us through that more specifically than just the shutdown corner aspect of it. Or if you think that that, that – the template that I found, like name players, like give me – if you were starting a team today. Yeah, sure. So, know. I mean
1: like we could take that a lot of different ways. Yeah. I think the – line is important yeah. now if you uh, there's always the philosophy if you have a right-handed quarterback the left tackle is more important if <laughs> left, you have a you need a right tackle that's more important which i can buy into bits and pieces of that honestly okay. what i think is more important okay and again i'm not belittling tackles at all because right. it truly is very important i'm somebody that goes from the center on out i think if you have okay. a tight three you're gonna be able to run the football a little mm-hmm. bit better. If you can yeah. run the football more often than not, you can does, throw the football a little bit better. It does say
0: three good o linemen. That's so part of the template. If I
1: was going with that, I would I would more often than not, you have a right-handed quarterback, so the left tackle. I would usually stick with that left side. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's not a good philosophy of not having mm-hmm. like having a great one side and not as good at the other side. Right. But um Yeah, I mean, um Blanking on what I'm trying to say, uh, Quentin Nelson is a player that on the offensive line, he's a guard for Indianapolis. I mm-hmm. think he's definitely a building block that I would like to g- get and to build around on a line. Mm-hmm. I think Zach Martin could also be put in that group. Those are two of my very favorite guards in the league. I do think the corner. And then I honestly think middle linebacker. Middle linebacker is often more than not your quarterback of the defense. So yeah, if you have a really absolutely. great one. You have a leader of a team. You can get other pieces to play mm-hmm. up. The talent around that. Absolutely. So that's why the middle linebackers, Luke Keekley, Bobby Wagner, you think about those names, even C.J. Mosley, who's been injured. And in, I think a lot of the defensive struggles, not solely on that of the Jets, but you saw they played very, very well against Buffalo week one. Mm-hmm. And Mosley was out there and he was being the quarterback. He had impact plays against Buffalo. So with that being said, yeah, I mean, obviously, and there's quarterback. You won't really find somebody that's more of a pro quarterback guy than me. I think it's one of the very vital, and I will often root for the quarterback being the most important. People say it's the most important position in sports. I think most people would agree with that. I really make that argument. It's hard to debate against it, but you could I if you I wanted. I can't
0: really think of another
1: position that would even rival it. I mean, like, you could make comparisons. I don't want to say comparisons, but, I mean, obviously, if you have – a shutdown pitcher, like somebody who's going to throw
0: no hitters, then you win games with that. and You do, but, I mean, you in baseball, you could also just have a guy who hits home run every time he steps up the bat. In the NFL, you can't really win if you don't have a guy that can get the job done.
1: I mean, people argue that
0: teams are winning
1: this year in spite of their quarterback. So That's fair. Uh, with that, I mean, like, I don't agree with that necessarily. Right. I don't say you win in spite of of the guy that has his hand on the ball every, every play. single play on offense, but that's not
0: always the popular opinion. Well, this leads me to my next cold read. So thank okay, you. well yeah, sure. <laughs> so uh, on the third on, this is two yeah two weeks ago the Thursday night game against Washington. Okay. Uh, Troy Aikman said some said this quote about Kirk Cousins when they were talking about yards per attempt. Okay. Troy Aikman said, "I'm not a big fan of the yards per attempt stat." What is impressive, though, is that he's fourth in yards per completion. I think yards per attempt is more based on completion percentage and very misleading. Mina Kimes, one of my favorite reporters, we talk about her a handful of times on the show, quoted and said, my mild take on all this is that there's no one stat that captures quarterback performance, but we should do our best to accurately convey what each of these metrics actually describes. So, do you think that there is a metric, so to speak, that encapsulates a quarterback's performance the best. If not, how do we truly measure a quarterback? I know this is a really big cold read. <laughs> yeah, it is. But we we we've toiled around talking about EPA for a while here. It's this is it's more than more than most years. It's kind of come out rare in this year with the advanced analytic guys, things like that. I know that we both have differing we have not differing but we both have opinions on this too but EPA, QBR, quarterback rating, yards per attempt, completion percentage, you know, what's the most important thing and if there isn't one, how do you look at a quarterback and say this one's better than this one?
1: All right. I have my final answer as to what I will say what is most important in my opinion. I will say about all these different analytics and and things, and the reason I don't put a huge amount of stock in them, is because they're all completely different. QBR versus, um, like... Uh, I'm trying to think of, I mean, there's the EPA. There's QPR, EPA, there's quarterback rating. Quarter, like, they're all differing numbers. Like, you yeah. can have really good in one statistic, but then yeah. you look at a QBR and it's like 80, yeah. which is not that out good. Don't be uh, be like, oh, yeah, that's pretty good. That's not very good
0: at all. I mean, 80. That's, out of, that's, that's well, normal. Well, for but, QBR, 80 out of 100 is good.
1: Right, but I mean, so like
0: at a quarterback, quarterback rating, it's not very good. That's, that's, that's like half. Because the total that's is normal. 153 point.
1: So... You see these things, and they're not really consistent, and they don't mesh well together. So I don't believe there's any one that's more important than the other. I don't really like to put a lot of grain into any one of these things. Okay. What I think separates a quarterback, and I'm not going to go with, like, touchdowns versus interceptions. I'm not going to go with wins. I'm going to go with leadership. Okay. And the reason I'm saying that, let's take a look at last year's one of the best teams in the league, the Chicago Bears. They were 12 and four. Mitch Trubisky played okay. I think his final numbers were 24. To, was it 12? It was like it was 10 to 12 interceptions. Yeah, somewhere it was, in that range. not bad. But the reason I was never on board, I think the reason some people weren't on board was because Mitch Trubisky is not a leader of an offense. He's not a leader of men. He's not a leader of a great NFL football team, at least not now. Maybe he can grow into that, maybe, yeah. but the clock's certainly running. Yeah. And so with that being said, we see these quarterbacks who have it was 24 to 12. ebbs You're and right. flows. I did think it was 2-1, to one, so thank you for checking that. Mm-hmm. More often than not, the guys that are great leaders will get it done, and their numbers are going to be all over the place. There's not going to ever be a player where everything is Peak number. Okay. Even so, like, we talk about things like the EPA, and I know our listener, Mike, who I think, I hope you're still here, Mike. <laughs> we actually didn't hear from you, which I was very surprised about. Did you hear from Oh, him? no, he did. He tweeted. He oh, said, I was he, say We haven't talked no, about No, yeah, that. he
0: did. He did say, You did not lose a listener. Oh, he, thanks, he, bud. he compared us to Stephen A. Smith, actually. <laughs> he said, Stephen A. Smith is one of his favorite reporters, but he, or favorite analysts, but Stephen A. despises the Cowboys, so, so and we don't despise the Cowboys, don't really think that, but we did go at them a little bit last week. So
1: Dak, as Mike likes to bring up, is one of the best in EPA. I think he is the best, actually. Okay, so the best, yeah. but if we look at his other numbers, if we look at quarterback rating, he's not the best. He could be up there, but he's not number one. True. And so all of these things take different factors. And so it's just so it's hard to clump all these together, say one's more important than the other. I know people will argue and debate for one versus the other, but I think when it comes down to it, the most important thing is leadership, which more often than not will translate to wins on the football field. And we can take all these hypotheticals into consideration, yeah. but at the end of the day, there's going to be one winner, one loser, yeah. and the ultimate goal is to win a Super Bowl. Yeah. And. You can say you can make the argument that some quarterbacks have gotten there that didn't deserve it, but at the end of the day, they got there. So I would rather be this is and this is coming from a Miami guy. I would rather be the Trent Dilfer who won a Super Bowl than Dan Marino who did so many great things and didn't get there. And that's, that doesn't make Trent Dilfer a better true. quarterback. No, it doesn't. Because but I they guess got you've... their ultimate goal. Yeah, and that's what
0: matters. I agree. I will say one, uh, a couple quick things. I will say that the QBR and EPA are kind of close because Dak is number one in QBR, and Russell's number one are in EPA, and, and Russell's number one in QBR, and they're one and two in both categories. Okay. So regardless, um, just you, I may not understand EPA as well as I would like to to go on a spiel about it. One of these one of these episodes, I will I'll break it down and talk about <laughs> it. Seriously though, because I've been hearing that for a month. I know, but like I keep I keep looking at it and I, I don't feel I don't feel informed enough to have the best opinion. But right now, my opinion holds fast too. I think it's a great metric. But the reality is, it's based off of prior knowledge. It, it takes out completely the fact that the NFL and world is always changing new things are happening every day new data is being presented and yes you can look back at previous data and say that well it leans this way or it leans that way but i do think that there's a moment of just having a gut check and making the choice you know but regardless um i don't know where i was going with that
1: it's okay but i
0: i i like what i like what you have to say about that and i love the i, I love the comparison of you'd rather be the Trent Diff or who won, and i think it it comes down to one of my favorite things that sean mcdermott says is being one eleventh. do your 11th job on the field you don't need to do way more than that you don't need to do any less than that do your one eleventh, and if all 11 players are doing their job you'll win games right and 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 numbers number i don't say numbers be damned because they're very important and very clearly, teams that are taking them into account, like we talked about, the the Baltimore Ravens are the most heavily analytical team in the NFL right now. Yeah, they, I mean they're literally making choices purely based off the off of EPA and advanced analytics, and it's working for them. But there's teams like Seattle who at times ignore advanced analytics and are at seven and two. So again, I I don't think that there's any one way to do things. But I I, I just I really really love what you said about that between Dilfer. And and Marino and Marino played out of his mind his whole career. Yeah, never even made it to a Super Bowl. He
1: went to one Super Bowl. Did he go to
0: one? <laughs> yeah. See, I, I don't even remember that. Well, I don't even know what the game was like. Did he lose by a lot, a little, or uh, you, you know, know what I mean? I don't actually. Know. But regard regardless, I just think was, I think that it was his second year. You're right. You be your 111th, do your job, and you win games. And New England's been doing that for forever. And people talk about the Tom Brady's EPA is very low this year. His QBR is not that great this year. But they're winning games because he's doing his job. Right. And that's and what's that, what, at and, the end of the day. And your, your job may not be be the best quarterback in the NFL. Your job might be be a middle of the pack guy and just don't get in our way. Right. And then there might be games where it's like, no, you need to be the number one EPA guy, the number one QBR this week for us to win. So. And I think that's where I like the way you broke that more down. leadership. I really do. It. Oh, thanks, man. Yeah.
1: I mean, there. I'm sure there are people listening to be like, that's completely wrong. You suck. But that's okay. <laughs> I mean, that's just my opinion. And yeah. And I, I agree with you The numbers yeah. are important And I don't dismiss any of them yeah. But I think it's foolish to say Somebody is so much better Than yeah. somebody else Just because of This mathematical yeah. equation It's not it That's not what it's all about So,
0: Alright well those are my cold reads
1: Man That was good That was good Alright So I'm gonna kind of Shift gears a tiny little bit Not really It's gonna, all gonna tie in so, tomorrow afternoon at 2:30 p.m. the number 1 and 2 college teams go against each <laughs> other when LSU travels to take on the Crimson Tide. There's a lot of great talent obviously to be one and two. I'm going to tell I'm going to ask you three players. I would you you Ooh. can say the quarterbacks and break it down <laughs> if you really want to because they're the easier answers. But a lot of these players are going to be on NFL teams next year. Yeah. The year following. We won't get too far down the road. So, who are some players that will shine in this game that are going to be on NFL teams soon? Well, I, w-
0: I will say, I just want to clarify real, too. They're one and two in the AP poll, the oh, Associated right. Press. The college football playoff just took out their rankings for the first time this week. And they're two and three in that. Okay, doesn't really matter, but I mean, yeah. just wanted Thank to. For I clear. just want to be clear. Uh, I do think two O and Joe Burrow are the most important ones, but I really think. Is two O
1: playing tomorrow? Is that? I, I confirmed. They said that
0: he's leaning that way. Um, I don't really know. Um,
1: Regardless, you
0: know, I don't know for sure, but I think the the biggest name for me mm-hmm. is Jerry Judy, the receiver from Alabama. I think I, I'm pretty sure he's a sophomore. Or no, he said, is he a sophomore or a junior? I thought he was a junior. He is a junior, so he can come out this year. I I think that he's the best receiver in college football, and I think that he'll have a big game this week. And I think that he's going to be a first round pick this year. And I think that this is a guy that that is going to transform an NFL team next year. Interesting. I want him in Buffalo. I don't think he'll fall. That far. He's my he's my number one guy that I would want in Buffalo, and there's ties there with Brian Dable if he stays in Buffalo. Yeah, you know, but you know from Alabama. But regardless, I mean, I think that's the number one guy that I look at. I'm not super. Um, I'm trying to look this up right now. I'm not super well informed on LSU's roster. I don't. Uh, I I'm, I'm trying to think of other star players on their roster. Okay, you know what I mean. Um, I mean, I, that's okay. I think I think a good thing that LSU does is that the, the reason that they have so many great, especially defensive players that come out is that they they're well coached and they play really well as a unit. And then you know, typically you find more often than not stars are players who are really good at playing as a team with other people. Uh, I I, fi- I find it rare that you have players who can't really play with others well with others that succeed sure you know antonio brown and everybody um but yeah i'm sorry that i mean i guess it is a cold read. that's why i wasn't prepared but i'm not really that well well informed on on stars on lsu's roster i I do think joe burrow is going to be a very good starting quarterback in the nfl so
1: i'll just i'll kind of spin it then a little bit just to talk a couple more minutes do you there's been no quarterback this year that's Vaulted his draft capital like Joe Burrow. Yeah, do you feel like that's warranted?
0: I do. I really do. I think that. I think that college quarterbacks are hard to evaluate. Okay, they really are. I mean, you have guys like Josh Allen, who are the seventh overall pick that played for Wyoming, and then you have guys like Kyler Murray, who played for Oklahoma, that were the number one overall pick. But then you have other guys that fell all the way down. I mean, Washington State's a, a pretty good Division One team, and Gardner Mitchell was a sixth round pick. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, I mean, I think it's really hard to evaluate, especially guys that come from these high-profile schools such as LSU. I'm trying to think of who the last prominent LSU quarterback to come out was. Can you think of that? You know what I mean? No. I mean, they haven't like re-
1: highly? No. I can't. The last
0: LSU quarterback to come out, I believe, was Danny Etling, who the Patriots took and then cut. So – Regardless, I think that I do think that Joe Burrow is gonna be a very good NFL quarterback. I just think that he I think what you have to do with quarterbacks when you're studying them in terms of drafting is you have to look at their measurables, make sure that they line up with guys who have done it in the NFL. And I don't I'm not talking about height and weight because that's been a little bit of debunked with shorter guys being good. I'm talking about like, you know, accuracy, arm strength, arm talent. Do they, you know, completing certain routes and how they throw certain routes, things like that. And then you have to look at their leadership skills. Do they lead their teams to wins? And Joe has both those things, so I don't see why he wouldn't be.
1: All right. Good, good, good. I'm also going to shift gears a little bit because I want to talk about some fantasy football. We never really really talk about fantasy that much on on this show.
0: Which is weird because we're like fantasy football I, don't, I was going to say masters, but I've been like cra- yeah, masters, crazies. <laughs> masters is probably not the right word. Crazies is more accurate.
1: Tell me three players that you think are going to break out. And by breakout, I'm not saying like you could say, you could use uh, Christian McCaffrey, even though he's been breaking out, just going to have a really good game. Give me three players in the NFL that are going to have good.
0: Three Nancy players, games. like three different positions, or
1: yeah, you know what? I wasn't gonna say that, but right. maybe I am gonna get specific so enough to do that. Quarterback,
0: now. I think Kyler Murray.
1: Okay, I have
0: Kyler Murray in a couple of leagues. I have him in our main league that I am the commissioner in, and I am starting him this week over Josh Allen. I think that the matchup against Tampa Bay is big. Uh, they're thirty second against the past in the NFL. Uh, 30th against quarterbacks in terms of fantasy performances. Kyler Murray is the number nine quarterback on the season. He's adver- averaging 20 points. I'm bringing it up on my thing. I don't have that memorized, by the way. I just bring up my my app. I just I think Kyler Murray is a hell of a play, and I think that uh, get him in your lineups if you can. So here's an and here's a, here's another one that I want to say. I'm going to go to the tight end position because I think the tight end position is the most important position in fantasy football. I've said this for years. Okay. And this year we talked about there's going to be this renaissance with tight ends. There really hasn't been. It's been a tough year for tight ends. It's just been a
1: tough year for tight ends across the board, even the top guys.
0: Exactly. So you got to find your plays when you can. Mike Gesicki. This is an RPSU guy. You know, Preston Williams went down uh, last week. He caught all six of his targets for 95 yards. Ryan Fitzpatrick likes to throw the ball to Gasicki. His last four games, seven targets, four targets, three targets, six targets. I mean, he's, he's been, he's, haven't hasn't had a touchdown yet, and he's having decent games. Yeah. So, and they have a really good matchup against Green Bay, who hasn't done so well against tight ends. I think they're what does this say? Twenty eighth against tight ends. They're not playing Green Bay. No, sorry, I read the wrong one. They're not playing Green Bay. Indianapolis, who's twenty sixth yeah, against, yeah. against tight ends. Sorry, twenty sixth against tight ends. I just think that, especially with the rookie Preston Williams going down, that's the guy you want to look at if you need a streaming tight end. Because this is dubbed by Apocalypse Weekend because there's six teams on bye. <laughs> For fantasy football, that's tough. And then my last guy, my third guy, the guy that I've been on all year from the start, drafted him in a ton of leagues, is Mark Ingram. They have, they have a great matchup this week against the Cincinnati Bengals, who are 31st against running backs. And Mark Ingram last week put up 15 points against the number one team against running backs. Okay. So I just really expect Mark Ingram to have a hell of a day this weekend against the Cincinnati Bengals. Well done.
1: See, I like, uh...
0: Letting I was, everyone else listen to the things that we
1: talk about and, all week long. And I was
0: certainly way more intelligent about that cold read than the first one. <laughs> the <laughs> no, first one I was okay. like, I was like, Jerry Judy is really good. <laughs> <laughs> who plays for LSU? <laughs> basically, I'm going to say any Bama offensive player right now. They have like
1: three wide receivers at. Najee Harris, a really running back, great, is so. really
0: good. I don't even know who LSU's running back is, and that's terrible because I love running backs. <laughs> <laughs>
1: that's okay. That's okay.
0: It's because Penn State's having such a great year. I'm so focused on them.
1: you very much are. You know, what are they calling themselves that I hate? can't remember. Just I forget, too. hate it so much. <laughs> it's like the grass gang or something. Are you talking about the running backs?
0: Yeah. Let's look this up. PSU running back nickname. Just completely shut it out because I hated it. You completely I have a catchy nickname. Uh Oh, wait, for, is it like for all of them? Or? Yeah, it's like the
1: group refers to themselves as this.
0: Really? Because this says it's just like one running back.
1: Yeah, no, it's something like grass gang. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you saw it when they talked about it on TV. Because this like, is saying did,
0: Noah Keynes is, is Noah Gain, and no, that's not terrible. No, it's but. not that. It doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Regardless,
1: PSU, keep winning and keep running the football well, but stop calling yourself that. That's dumb. Better than that. Doesn't matter.
0: The lawn boys. The lawn, yeah, the lawn boys.
1: <laughs> God. What are we like? The trailer park? What's that, what's that TV show? Like the trailer park boys where they make meth? No, the lawn boys. God, you sound like rednecks. What's wrong with rednecks? Sitting on your porch <laughs> drinking cooler's light.
0: Yeah, I'm sure Journey Brown drinks Coors Light.
1: Yeah, well, when you have the nickname "The Lawn Boy," that's what it sounds like, yar. So stop that, just right now. Anyways, let's move on.
0: <laughs> on that note, it's time for
1: pals' picks.
0: Oh yeah.
1: So congratulations, my friend. For the first time since the end of last year, you have taken the lead. We're twelve and twelve.
0: Well, I just blew into the I, mic and it totally
1: blew up my whole mic. I'm eleven and thirteen. Well, don't blow in your mic. I have to say, <laughs> put that on a T-shirt. <laughs> anyway, so yep, I am I'm down. Adams at five hundred. What's the
0: records like? Thirteen and thirteen. 12 just said you weren't listening.
1: Yeah, Alexa doesn't like that Alexa you was blew sorry into your mic that. either. Alexa likes Mike. They get together at nighttime. She doesn't want you blowing Mike, so stop that. Wow, that went somewhere. <laughs> yeah, it did. Well, you know, when Alexa got pissed off about it, like, you know, do they not look like they could be a couple? Probably. Exactly. <laughs> so, Adam is 12 and 12 at 500. I am 11 13.
0: Adam oh, went 2 yeah. and 1.
1: I went 1 and 2 last week. Bury Cleveland Browns letting me down.
0: Yeah, they really did. They really did. I didn't expect that. But it's
1: fine because in the long run, I will win the bet because of it. Probably. And Josh
0: wanted me to triple down on the bet. I
1: did. I don't think I can do it. Are you sure? This is your last opportunity, right here.
0: If they won this week,
1: doesn't that doesn't you don't get to? I know, I know. just witness saying, the win. I'm
0: just saying, if they won this week, I would. But I'm not. <laughs> I, I'm not. I, I don't want. Oh, it.
1: you're saying if they had beaten Denver?
0: Well, not even that. Like if they beat the Bills this week, I would triple down. Oh, okay. But I don't. I like. I, I'm not going to make it right now without knowing the outcome of the game. <laughs> Because the is that I said I'm not going to triple down.
1: Okay, that's fair. <laughs> I feel like I bet a lot more on my triple down. Uh, you offer.
0: did. Here's the thing, for those of you who don't know Josh very well, his most prized part of his of, <laughs> of everything about him is his hair. He cares more about his hair than any other part of him, and he, uh, as part of this bet, put his own hair on the line. And said he would buzz his head. I he did. He, I was I was floored. I was floored. He's not going to take it. That's fine. I, I'm not going to bet that the Browns are going to make the play. I just I'm, I'm, I'm just going to concede. Good. I'm so proud. now I have to get two pies back to back. <laughs> right to the face.
1: Oh, goodness gracious. It's going to be a great moment. Yeah. It's going to be a great moment. All right. Let's get into Palace Picks this week, though, shall we?
0: Yep. So 12 and 12 versus 11 and 13. Yes. I gave you the games first last week so you got to pick first this week. So, what are the three hardest games of the week? Well,
1: you <laughs> did highlight a little bit in fantasy, so we're having the Arizona Cardinals travel to take on the Tampa Bay Bucks yeah. in Tampa.
0: And Tampa's been Tampa's not been an easy out for a lot of teams here. I don't no. want anybody to think that I'm saying that, but I don't think they're a very good team and I think that the Cardinals are a solid team. So I think that the Cardinals win this game. I think Kyler Murray has a hell of a day. I think David Johnson comes back healthy. And I think that David Johnson has a big day too. And I think that the Cardinals roll and get a win on the road. All right.
1: Was not planning on giving you this game to start off yeah. when I was doing this, but you're going to this game. You found that out a couple days ago, which is really exciting. I'm going to nervous about it. be all alone in the apartment on Sunday, <laughs> and it's going to be grand <laughs> so you are traveling to Cleveland with your Buffalo Bills. Yep. Tell me about the outcome. Obviously you're not necessarily leaning towards Cleveland based on the indication of your bet, but let's talk about that game. Break so, it down a little bit.
0: Here's the thing. I all week I was like When I remembered that you got to give picks this week, I was like, "He's gonna give me this game. I know he's gonna give me this game."
1: I wasn't going to until you went
0: all week long. I said, "I'm gonna pick the Browns." All week long, I was gonna pick the Browns because I just I feel like this is the game that we lose. I feel like this is the game that we lose, but I can't do it. I just I I think that I think that part of me wanted to pick it because of the bet, but then another part of me wanted to pick it because I didn't because I was because we're 6-2 and and we talked about how we would unmask ourselves last week and all of it made sense to me. But then I sat there and I was like, Baker Mayfield could not beat Brandon Allen. You know what I mean? Like, I'm sure maybe Brandon Allen is going to be the next Kurt Warner, but he could not beat Brandon Allen. He's not going to beat Josh Allen. I, I just think that our defense is as good, if not better, than Denver's. And they had a tough time against Denver. And I think that our offense is better than Denver. Maybe not by a ton, but I think especially with the addition of you know Devin Singletary got his 150 yards from scrimmage last week and a touchdown. I just I I find it hard to believe that we lose this game. I really do. I'm very very worried about this game. I am. Are you more worried because you're going now? No, I I know I, I. If anything, I'm I'm. I don't want to say more confident, but in anything, I feel better about it because I'm going to be surrounded by other people who will be rooting for the Bills. So okay. we'll be there together. But we finally get to go to an away game. Yeah, I, away I game don't guy. think I've no, I don't think I've ever been to a Bills away game. Well, that would be very. Exciting. I've only ever seen the Bills play in in Buffalo. So nice. so yeah.
1: So um, obviously, you, you pick Buffalo. I will say this: not not picking against you right now, yeah. but I wouldn't be. Baker's not the person I'd be worried about. No. It's Nick Chubb. The last two weeks, Buffalo has been getting – We said – how many times did we say when we watched the game, Adrian Peterson looked like he was 25 years old?
0: But I will say this. One, we said 24. (laughs) Two, Mm -hmm. because he's 34, but regardless. Two, we let Adrian Peterson run for 100 yards in the first half and five yards in the second half. So I will say we did make adjustments, and one can only hope that carries over – the rest of the season
1: okay all right yeah last but not least gonna go on monday night because i feel like you would have made me pick this because you make me pick all seahawks games yep i'm gonna have you do it the seahawks and that vaunted lone undefeated team the 49ers and
0: you've been rewarded by saying in rust we trust and the reality is like i don't want people to think that i hate russell wilson (laughs) because i'm not gonna pick him again i'm gonna pick the niners I didn't struggle I didn't struggle with this one as much as I did the Buffalo game. I think it's just cuz I'm a Bills fan. But I really think that like as as much as I do trust in Russell Wilson and that team, I think that they were exposed by their defense was exposed by Tampa Bay last week and, and I th- their
1: defense has kind of been exposed all year. Exactly.
0: And I just think that the 49ers offense is going to be able to put up as many points as they need to and that their defense is way better than Tampa Bay, so they'll be able to slow the Seattle attack down just enough to win this game. If this were in Seattle, I would pick Seattle. Okay. But because they're in San Francisco, get that shot in I'm, going weeks, with, so. I'm going with the Niners to stay undefeated at 9-0. All right. All
1: right. There we go.
0: Okay, so – your first Pals pick is the Battle of New Jersey. The Giants are traveling to – oh, wait, nowhere. They're in MetLife Stadium to play the New York Jets. Yeah,
1: I feel like I have picked the Giants a handful of times this year, and it's never really paid off, but I'm still going to ride with them. Okay. I think they did a very hot and cold act on on Monday night – uh, Sunday night, excuse me. Right? Right. No Monday night. Monday night. Monday night against against new, gosh against Dallas. I think they just need to get Saquon going. I think Saquon's probably really upset about how he was bottled up and really only utilized on one play, and that was the best play, offensive yards wise for the Giants against against Dallas. I think Williams being on the opposite side will really help uh, stifle a little bit of Darnold and maybe Le'Veon Bell. Hopefully they can get him in some space, too, moving forward. They mm-hmm. really need to utilize him more if they want to get this. I mean, I don't want to say turned around because they're pretty much out of it for all intents and purposes. But yeah. just to get a few more wins, mm-hmm. really need to let their playmaker. And they've been trying. It's just, I don't know. I don't really have an answer for the Jets. But you are going to go with the Giants is the okay. way to wrap that up. All right.
0: Rams at Steelers.
1: Yeah, this one's tough This one is tough And I feel like people don't think it's necessarily tough But I really do Because I'm all about these Pittsburgh Steelers And I mean, I made the bet That they were going to win two of the next three games They've got one in the book right now I don't even remember what that bet is, to be honest i have to go back and listen to the audio for when I win
0: I think it might have just been a water bet
1: Was it a water bet? Was that the water bet? I know we made one I'm, We made one that I lost, we still haven't Actually, I feel like we each have lost one A water bet? Yeah, I don't remember. We'll have to look back. I'm going to go with the Rams in this one. Okay. I'm not going to be shocked whatsoever if traveling to Pittsburgh gets the best of them. It just depends if they are going to be able, Pittsburgh, meaning, is able to take advantage of that weak offensive line, rattle Jared Goff. If they are, I really do think Pittsburgh will pull it out, but I'm picking the Rams.
0: I will say, when I made that bet, I thought they lost to the Colts and the Rams and then beat the Browns. So, the fact that they beat the Colts, they have to lose to the Rams and then in Cleveland. So, we'll see what happens. But you're looking looking pretty solid in that I'm bet. doing
1: okay right now.
0: Vikings at Cowboys, Sunday Night Football, Adams dubbed must-win game of the week.
1: Yeah, I'm surprised you give this to me because I already mapped it out last week. You yeah. know I picked Minnesota, and yeah. I'm going to continue to pick Minnesota. This is such just an interesting game. It's it very, is. very. There's so many storylines about... I mean, obviously, Kirk Cousins got the big contract. Dak is vying for it, and there's the Dak has really played very well in one games in primetime games where Kirk has not always performed greatly, but statistics show that he's been fine and just does, doesn't win. I do think Kirk gets it right on this one. I think the Minnesota defense is going to do an all right job. If you can slow down Zeke, I think Zeke is a very big part of this of this th- Cow- Dallas Cowboys offense. And I think there's a reason they paid Zeke before they paid Dak. I agree. And I think there are a lot of people that will disagree and think that's an unpopular opinion.
0: This is this is interesting because I agree with you and I didn't initially. I remember when we talked about it when we did our quarterback rankings. Yeah. But I'm on your side.
1: I think the games that Zeke has struggled, not necessarily in the early part of the year because they played an easier schedule for most right. intents and purposes, but when Zeke has 100 yards, they win. And that affects Dak, I think. I think he just has more room to play the quarterback position really, really well and when they have a very good offense or a very good running game going.
0: There are some people who will argue and say, well, he has 100 yards because they were ahead and he ran to close out the game. First of all, that's still important. You yeah. Can't, first of all. Second of all, I think more often than not, Zeke has the big games when he starts fast. And that has an effect on the rest of the game, whether or not they run the ball more. But regardless.
1: So, I do think the Minnesota defense is going to be able to slow him down, not stop him. There's very little stopping Zeke Elliott, but just limiting that damage. If he does start fast and they can't look back, I do think Dallas will win, but I just don't see that happening. I think Zimmer is probably pretty angry about how it went in Kansas City, and Zimmer is not one to play niceties at all. So I think he's very angry, and I think it's going to translate into this game, let's go punch him in the mouth. We've seen one NFC North team get beat, go down to Dallas, a little PO'd. I think we're going to see it again.
0: I agree. agree with all your picks. Wow. Yeah. All right. So anything else before we do some friends' fortunes? Yeah, we have a little bit of audio to play Oh, for that's you. right. Yeah. So oh, the, all... the greatest of all time, <laughs> Mr. <laughs> – I forgot his name. I'm just kidding. Kevin Harlan, right? I thought you were going to name the
1: black cat and you just couldn't decide the name of the black cat.
0: I couldn't. I, there is a name. I don't remember what it is. They've it, made a name. But it's Kevin Harlan, right? Yes, that called it. Kevin Harlan is incredible. I want to bring it up on my phone because I'm worried about the audio being messed up on the laptop. But Monday Night Football was super exciting because there was a black cat that ran onto the field. And the audio for Westwood one, that's the radio call for the Monday Night Football ESPN game, was in in all-time great. So we're going to play it for you. He's He's walking to the three. He's at the two. And the cat is in the CDW red zone. CDW, people who get it now, a policeman, a state trooper has come on the field. And the cat runs into the end zone. That is a touchdown. And the cat is elusive, kind of like Barkley and Elliott. But he didn't know where to go. Look at, they're trying to corner him. And they got him in the end zone. There are state troopers all around this cat, which now climbs up into the stands. And the fans are running for their line. Now it goes back on the field again. And it's running in the back of the end zone. And it runs up the tunnel. I have so many questions about this. First of all, how does a cat get into a stadium?
1: You know, there's a big part of me that thought it had to have been brought in, but I don't know. And the oddest part about it, the reason I think it had to have been brought in, because there are only so many entrances to on the field, right? Right. Now, I guess it could have come out of the tunnel and, like, skirted along, like, the sideline with the players and then, like, ran on, but it came out, like, the middle of the field. It was, like, at the 30. Yep. So it didn't, like, come out of the tunnel like, through the end zone to the – like, it came no. and entered the field. Yeah. Which makes me feel
0: like somebody had been like, okay, now go. But that's just so illogical. I don't know. I don't, I, I don't get it. Like, I mean, they would have to have them, like, in their jacket and hope the cat didn't move when they went through security. And then wait until – this was in, like, the second quarter. Yeah, it was late. To let it run on the field. I just my other like, question my other question is, it ran up into the stands? Well, see, <laughs> I didn't see
1: that on TV. When we listened to that call, he's like, it's trying to get in. People are freaking out. I was like, what? Because like, it did run. It, it left through the tunnel. Kevin
0: Harlan made it so exciting. And then even he even fit in uh, a plug for the CDW Red Zone. <laughs> it did leave through the tunnel. So maybe oh, that's how it got man. in. But
1: leave it to, you know.
0: That's awesome. I'm surprised.
1: I don't know. It's just so odd because you would think like that in theory could happen anywhere. Right. Like any city will have a stray cat wandering around It could just right. come through right. a fence and.
0: Absolutely. I mean, it makes sense. But again, I how does a cat? I don't. I don't get it. I just don't <laughs> get it at all. It's awesome, but I don't get yeah, it.
1: I don't think I've. I haven't seen that. Like <laughs> never. I, I, Sure. Streaking's
0: done. Bringing cats is in. Yep. So <laughs> next person, it you One up. that to it worked for Dallas because they, you know, they the Giants were up twelve to three, and then after that, Dallas just kind of ran away with oh, it. Yeah. So got to one up the cat though. Maybe maybe Jason Garrett brought him in.
1: Bring a pig next time. A little stray feral pig. Have that <laughs> run around.
0: Anyway, it's the time for some friends' fortune.
1: Yeah, it is. Well,
0: this is going to be interesting. How do we do Friends Fortune with two mics?
1: We'll just do it on yours.
0: We'll just do it on mine. Yep.
1: So okay. I'll leave and you can start. But don't so, wait, oh, so you stopped your audio, I right? Didn't stop mine, no. You haven't? I did not. Well,
0: you did? I didn't stop my audio. Well, then we're fine. All right. Well, cool. You All right. Go hide. And uh, maybe there'll just be like a couple seconds of paused audio. I don't know. Yeah, for those of you who don't know, Josh and I got a second mic and hopefully it improved our audio. Maybe it didn't do it this week because we're still working on it. But hopefully in the long run, it'll be pretty great for audio. I'm going to go to Arizona. We talked about Kyler Murray. He's I start of the week at quarterback, I think he's going to have a great day, but another guy that I think is going to be really great is David Johnson, so in my, I am in a fantasy league at work with my guys at Shoreline Bar and Grill in the courtyard Marriott, hopefully some of y'all are listening, but my friend's fortune this week involves David Johnson, the running back returning from injury, I think that G- David Johnson is going to have a hell of a day, I think that David Johnson is going to have three touchdowns, whether that's One receiving, two running, two running, one receiving, or three receiving, zero running, three running, zero receiving, whatever it is. I do think that David Johnson gets into the end zone three separate times this weekend.
1: All right, so, gonna go to the NFC South Showdown, the New Orleans Saints, the Atlanta Falcons. I'm surprised we honestly didn't talk about this game, regardless. The Falcons are coming off their bye, and their owner, Arthur Blank, had talked about uh, Dan Quinn, of whether or not there was gonna be some coaching changes, and he was very upset with how the season's gone. Understandably so. Going to go to the New Orleans offense, though. Drew Brees also coming back off his bye as well. I think this Saints offense, led by Drew Brees, is going to put up 45 points, and Drew Brees is going to throw at least four touchdowns against this Dan Quinn defense. And Maybe Dan Quinn doesn't get fired because of this game. It's not like he's going to be fired on Monday, but this will be that seal of what ends his tenure in Atlanta. Alright, we're back. That was a very nice
0: NPR voice right there. Welcome to NPR. My name is Adam John. <laughs> that always reminds me of, um, of a golf call. <laughs> it's one of my favorite things. I think I've done it on a show here before. I just think it's so much fun. We have a lot of fun calling golf games. Yeah? Like, <clears throat> that was a beautiful shot off the par 4 team. What about? 250 yards It's a hell of a drive that's an awful drive for a pro par four it's a 400 yards it's over halfway right <laughs> i guess if, if that's what you were looking for
1: i feel like it would be phenomenal for us
0: yeah right well anything else you want to say i have i, I think i have a tidbit you have a tidbit all yeah.
1: right lays lay the tidbit on us
0: tidbit uh we had mentioned last week was it last week? Yeah, it was. It was during the New England game where you said you were worried that Baltimore beat New England because it seems that every time the team beats oh, New yes. England in the playoffs, they don't in the – or our team beats in the regular season, they don't beat them in the playoffs. Excuse me. Well, Patriots' last five playoff rematches. 2006 against the Colts, they lost in the playoffs. 2010, the Jets, they lost in the playoffs. The Super Bowl against the Giants, they lost. 2012, the Ravens, they lost. And the last time that they lost in the regular season and had a rematch was the 2015 AFC title game, and they lost against the Broncos. Nice. So the last five times that New England was beaten by a team in the regular season, they also lost them in the rematch. I didn't only say New England. When I, I know you comment. did say you did you did say teams, and it happened last year with the Chargers in Baltimore. But I'm just saying that uh, you know the last five times that. New England has dropped one in the regular season and had a rematch. They lost it. So,
1: All right. Mm -hmm. Very un-New England. There we go. Hopefully that bids well come
0: January. Bodes well. Okay. (laughs) Anything else you have, bud? Nope. Well, thanks for listening to Simultaneous Catch, everybody. Make sure you check out all the other podcasts on the Pocket Podcast Network. Check out the Four Comic Junkies podcast by our buddy J.J. Hodges. Check out – Topic Hat. It still has some episodes up there. Maybe other ones will come soon. And it's not Teddy there today. Yeah? yeah? How's he doing? Seems well. He's a good guy. All right. Have a great day. God bless.